the day I decided to do movies, I weighed up the consequences and I ran with it. I knew exactly in the back of my mind what the consequences were. But I think for women, when they've done scenes and they've done movies or whatever, and then they try to get a regular job in rural society, inevitably someone's going to see it and they're going to regret those two or three scenes that they did. And whereas guys, they're almost pat on the back. Welcome to Sex, Body and Soul. I'm Kate Roberts, founder of The Body Agency. And on this show, we talk about the marvel that is our bodies, what they can do and what they need to thrive. Ladies out there, our time is now. Let's get to it. We often talk about porn on the show, and it's usually with the idea that it's dangerous and we're worried about our kids watching it, and that is all true. But it is time that we hear from the other side. We're about to interview Mark Davis, who is one of Britain's biggest exports into the US in the adult entertainment world. He has now retired, and we're going to chat with him what it's really like to be a porn star, some of the realities and the industry, and if this is really a career he would recommend to others. Stephen, welcome to the Sex, Body, and Soul show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's very nice to see you again. I'm, I'm happy this time it's with your clothes on. I know. Yeah, I know. You did catch me. You did catch me after the gym and I did not know it was a FaceTime call. So that, that threw me off guard, but I was semi-naked. Well, for the audience out there, Stephen and I are friends. You will know him or maybe you won't know him as Mark Davis. As I said, Stephen has had incredible career in the porn industry and he has agreed to tell us a little bit about what that's been like and what's real, what's not real. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his extraordinary life as one of the top porn stars of the world. So, Stephen, let's start a little bit with your background. Now, you were telling me that you, as you say, you've got your feet wet into the industry when you were about 18. So what happened then? At 18, well, I was in Canada at the time and Playgirl came to Canada looking for 10 Canadian men. I went in at 17, because 17 you can do posing over there and stuff. And I got I got one out of 10, one, one man out of 10. And out of that, I uh, got chosen to fly over to California and shoot the centerfold. And within the same week, they, I went to Chippendale and they offered me a job. And, uh, and everything kind of snowballed from there. Women from the porn industry used to come in. They were avid viewers, I guess, of the guys. And uh, it kind of snowballed and kind of progressed from there. So you have done about a thousand movies. I've done probably two and a half ish. And then scenes, sometimes I'm in two or three scenes per movie. So you right. can double or tra- you can double at least double that probably. Mm-hmm. So. so you've done about 4,000 scenes and a couple yeah, of thousand give or take, movies. <laughs> give or take a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. And you are a straight porn star, as in you have sex with women. Yep. That's a lot of sex with a lot of different women. Have you ever felt yourself objectified for what you do? Um. You know what's funny is on the sets, they used to call the guys meat puppets. You know, just like we were just there. Uh-huh. Um, and that kind of really 
if you actually really think about that wording, it kind of puts it in perspective, really. You know, we're just uh, objectified. I didn't personally. I mean, I wasn't, I would never took it that way. No. Mm-hmm. And did you feel that you used to, because I know you're not in the industry anymore, you've recently retired. Yes. Were you objectifying women? Was I objectifying women? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, and you hear me stuttering now, this is kind of funny, because the progression of the scenes I would I did went to BDSM. And that mm-hmm. bracket of about an eight-year eight run with a certain company, I, I would say yes, but they were okay with it. There was disclaimers beforehand, mm-hmm. video-wise. There were disclaimers afterwards, video-wise. Just to put everyone mm-hmm. that's watching in perspective, that they were okay with where they were at. So right. you can kind of go back and forth with that one. Mm-hmm. What is it like safety-wise, right? Because I do understand that there's regular tests. Talk to us about how safe it is on a porn set. It's more safer now than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone gets DNA tested for HIV every, I think it's every uh, two weeks. If it's mm-hmm. not any, if it's, it might have been uh, less days than that. And then it went to three months and then it went to six months, but then it went to different kind of testing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as thorough as the HIV testing. And then it went back further. And over the years, it wasn't like mandatory to show your paperwork. This is pre, pre-internet. So it, it, people mm-hmm. would take it upon themselves to ask for the other partner's tests. And therefore, but, but the risk factor as far as catching anything is it has happened. And it's happened to me as far as not catching anything, but being with the particular um, actress that was with someone that had had HIV. So, and that's not fun. Mm. And did you know she was HIV positive when you did the scene with her? No, no, it was a shock no. as much as it was for her. You know what I mean? She found out she got it. And then, and then when she got tested directly afterwards, working with a particular guy. So I got tested afterwards, but then I got quarantined for, for three months, you know, and I was married at the, time so uh it's not fun to go home to your wife and say by the way <laughs> i might have something and when and we're quarantined for three months mm-hmm. now i happen to know that you have been married you're on your third marriage and two of those marriages were to other porn stars working in the industry yes do you feel that that was your only option i mean it's got to be hard being a porn star and being in a regular relationship, right? I think it definitely helped with the mental, uh, the same mentality we had as far mm-hmm. as being sexual, you know, partners and being sexual, you know, couple and uh, having your cake and eat it too, so to speak. You know, we, each couple will set certain guidelines, whatever works for them. And for us, if you're on the set, then you're working and you're going to fun. But if you're off the set playing around, then that's kind of, Crossing the line. I mean, for us. <laughs> for other people, they're going to go, what the, you know what I mean? But it's, you know, you got the partner aspect out of it at home because it can't be a lonely job. If you don't have a partner and you go to work yeah. and, you, you know, you, you have sex and then you go home and it's like, you're empty. Mm. Is it a depressing industry? Yeah, it can be, for sure. As I just said, you can go, I mean, you can work and then go home and then you can do multiple scenes. And each time you go home, 
you kind of twiddle your thumbs. I mean, that's where drugs come in. You know what I mean? Because that kind mm. of that mm. numbs the pain of having that void. And it happened to me. You know, I, I mean, I would I would mm. kind of hide it. I mean, although I did have a reputation for it over the years, and uh, that's not nice mm. to have, but I, that's something I created. Mm. Well, I do know that you've overcome your drug addiction and yes. you've, you're seriously one of the nicest, most gentle people that I know. So I did want to say that. Thank and you. I know you've worked very, very hard at that. And as you know, I have a 10-year-old daughter and I am terrified of her going online and seeing porn. And as we know, the average age that a child will watch porn is 11 years old. And some of the stuff that is out there is pretty horrendous for a young girl like my daughter to watch. And stuff that I've seen that I'm like, you know, it takes your breath away how women are treated and the scenes that are developed. Like, what do you say to that? You know what? It's a shame that, you know, every child of that age pretty much has a cell phone, right? So unless you unless you limit it, they have. And and then if 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 it's if it's limited for them, they'll get it from a friend, you know. Exactly. So and, and yes, I was a part of that, if you want to say that. But it's abused in a certain way, and it's a shame because when teenagers grow up, I want to say children, but teenagers, well, children obviously on that middle you know, cusp to teenagers. When they have sex, they they only see one form of it, you yeah. know, and it's, it's straight to it's straight to a zero to a hundred, as yep. opposed to going through certain foreplay, certain things. So that's all they know, and that's where, and the follow they follow the they follow the traits of the porn movies, which I'm actually confused of where it's going next, because they always try to outdo themselves. So where is it going? Mm. You know, that's what I'm curious about. But yeah, it's it's a shame. It, it is it is a shame. Mm. Well, I think, listen, what we know is porn will never go away. What we know is mm. 70% of the world's population watches porn, but it has to be regulated. And, mm. you know, you know, Facebook and Instagram, they do a great job of regulating sex ed, right? Like we can't say the word vulva. We can't say the word vagina. We can't say the word, right. you know, the word orgasm, right? Which are... Right. human parts and human things. Um, right. And they block all that kind of content. But when it comes to porn, you know, you could just log on to Pornhub or whatever and yeah. see the most incredible, uh, yeah. awful stuff that is at the fingertips of any kid who gets right. to it through Instagram and yeah. TikTok. Any, any fetish, any fetish, any, you can type in any kind of whatever, and it 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 grabs it, you yeah. know what I mean, and it, and it's crazy, and it's uh, and it's an abundance of things to watch and things to. I mean, thing is that once they get a taste of it, you know what I mean. It's like any teenager; they're like hungry, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna go down the wrong mm. road. I I think, and I'm the one that's been in it. You know what yeah. I mean? though? but I was. I mean, I'm gonna not gonna say I was in it pre-internet, which I was. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm VHS days. But anyways, <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. But we all grew up with VHS. Um, <laughs> so Reddit, as we know, is one of the top three most visited sites in the world. Reddit. I didn't know that actually. 
Yeah, it is, uh, which, which tells us a lot about who is watching porn, right? The world is watching porn. It should be regulated. However, you have made a career out of this and you've been very, very good at what you do. BDSM, could you tell the audience what BDSM is? Bon- oh my God, I've actually forgot. <laughs> forgotten that title. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I did have, I did have a brain injury. Oh, you did? So yes, yeah, I'm, I'm using that one for my Okay, excuse. well, it, it's basically... Oh my God. It's basically when people like pain, right? They like seeing no, no, pain no, no. I, I, and receiving I pain and... Oh, no, I know these, but I was actually, the wording, BDSM, <laughs> is completely like, and this is kind of embarrassing, like, <laughs> the actual word meaning of the BDSM. Considering but, this um, was your job and you don't know I what know. the acronym stands for. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to use my head injury for an excuse. I'm going to use that one as a credit. But um, no, it's, uh, I, I call it controlled beating, but that's kind of in a, not, not in a funny text. But it is, it is. I mean, you know, a lot of times you go into a, a situation and like I said, the girls are, uh, there's a disclaimer. What are you doing? How do you feel about it? Da, 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 da. And then after the scene, it's the same thing. And they are, you know, there's certain people there that do the tying, they call it rigging in certain positions and that, that, you know, and then I come in and have sex with them in maybe four situations they were set up. Each one's always different in the dungeon, maybe set up or whatever, however it might be. And uh, mostly these girls are actually into that kind of scene. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are in it for the, for the money. So then, you know, that, then there's a, a, a give and take with how much you might want to, inflict mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds mm-hmm. a bit of a the you know the the pain level you know and mm-hmm. i always ask them what are the do's and the don'ts mm-hmm. so yeah but bdsm seems to be you know more in the forefront you know especially with the company i used to work for kink.com they put it out there where it's more tasteful so to speak and, and that brings it to the forefront as opposed to an underground mm-hmm. kind of uh scene that people mm-hmm. try to find mm-hmm. so and the quality is good so I think that really, it makes it more um, acceptable to watch. Mm. And then it brings people out of the woodwork, Mm-mm. you know? So fetishes, I guess BDSM falls under the fetishes categories of, of right. porn and people's sexuality. I, I actually have a lot right. of friends who practice BDSM. Is that is that the right way to, to talk about it? And at the Body Agency, we're actually writing about it, how to do it safely. Because I'm mm. sure there's a lot of mishaps and even death. Well, safe words is like a number one, you know what I mean? Everyone has a safe word, which means, you know, the stop button. <laughs> yeah. And and these girls on the set who are doing these scenes are allowed to use that safe word. And oh, you number can, one. And, yeah. we, and we shoot it. And we shoot it specifically so the viewers can see that. Mm. Mm. So they, you know, that they, they can see that, yeah, and we'll, we'll stop the, we'll stop the shoot. You know, that, that's it. Done. We'll stop it. Mm. Have you ever walked on a set and not wanting to work with the particular actress? Yeah. Or you've thought that she might be underage or has that happened? Well, I, that happened one time I was working with two girls and one of the girls was so messed up on drugs that it was like I couldn't do it. I just could not because the girl shouldn't even be there. And me, ironically, me and the other girl, we looked at each other and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to cancel this one. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, no, I haven't had any 
no, I'll make the most of it somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. call being a professional. Now, I do happen to know you have a particularly high sex drive, which, mm. shocker, you're a porn star. I think a lot of people wonder how you manage to stay erect and perform. I think yeah. I can't possibly imagine being on a set with cameras and audio and directors and having to do all of that with everyone watching you. Or maybe you like that. What tricks do you use? Well, I'm old school, whereas you know, we didn't have, and there was no such thing as Viagra or Cialis or all the other ones. I get off on pleasing the woman. It gets me off. So mm-hmm. I'll find a button on that woman. Mm-hmm. Even if she's not kind of fairly into it, I'll find it. Even if it's the bottom of your foot, I will find it. And when they react, then I got you. Mm-hmm. And then that turns me on playing with that spot. Mm-hmm. So I will focus on that, and that will get me. And plus, you know what? Yeah, I'm an exhibitionist, so, you know, the crew is, you know, what the heck, you know. But people don't realize that there's a lot of stop starting, too. It's not just straight through. There's a lot of stop starting. Stop, we've got to get this angle. Stop, we've got to get that angle. And you can't come until they tell you to. When they've got everything covered, then they go, okay, we're ready for the pop shot mm-hmm. or the money shot. Technically, it's the money shot because it's, you know, you don't get, you haven't got the full scene in the bag unless you've made the money, the pop shot. So, and then you've got maybe a couple of minutes to come. Mm, wow. So after these 4,000 scenes, you now have a regular relationship with your wife, who yeah. is also a very dear friend of mine. And has it been hard to, no pun intended, has it been hard to have a normal sexual relationship? based on the, what is it, 30 years that you've been doing this? Yeah, um, it was, it was, and you know what, God bless her, man, because she has a lot of patience with me, and it's like, it was, in the beginning, it was automatic, I was doing positions automatically, and I, I can literally, down to the minute, every 20 minutes, change position, they would actually tie me on set, because I can literally, every 20 minutes, change position, and I was doing that, you know, mm. in a home, mm-hmm. in my personal life. And I didn't realize that. Mm. So it was kind of re- rebooting everything and changing everything. And she kind of, she did help me with that. Mm. And having patience, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, and plus it was nice to come on, come when I wanted to and not come on cue. Yeah, yeah. That was another one. That was like, wow, that's kind of, a, you know what I mean? I didn't realize how much that release and how much that connection Mm. you know, falls mm. into that. Mm-hmm. So I understand you've done a movie called Foreskin Gump. <laughs> okay. Haven't seen it, but um, yeah. what's that one all about? <laughs> well, it was when Forrest Gump came out, obviously. <laughs> and uh, ironically, the cover on the box was pretty much me sitting on a park bench with the girl. I mean, it was such a... And this is kind of a parody when all poor movies are parodies now. So many of them are parodies. But, you know, we're talking 25 years ago. Yeah, and it was called, and the funny thing was, it wasn't shrimp. It was tuna. We got tuna this. We got tuna that. Uh-huh. And I'm English. And I'm trying to put on a bloody accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it didn't, uh, it, it, I, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? I haven't seen, I haven't seen pretty much all, well, yeah, I'm So that. you don't watch your movies back go, oh, that was a good one. Let's 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 sit down with some popcorn. <laughs> I might have back in the day when it was even when it was VHS days, but for the most part, 
no, it's, you know, it all blends together. Mm, mm. Yeah. What's the most outrageous situation that you've had on set that you remember? <laughs> Kink.com shot gangbangs a lot. Uh-huh. And uh, they actually shot one the, one of the ladies, Princess Donna, I can say that, she decided she wanted to do a panda gangbang. And they got these pandas, and I, um, I, do, I, I refuse because I overheat anyways. And um, he put me in a suit, and it's just not going to happen. Uh-huh. And I kept refusing, kept refusing, kept refusing. And she persuaded me to do it, maybe monetary wise. And uh, I, we had these huge panda suits with these big round heads <laughs> with only one way of seeing straight. So there's a girl beneath us, <laughs> and you can't find the girl. She's grabbing, she's grabbing, she's grabbing. The, and there's eight of us like this. Eight pandas. Eight pandas. And it, and it just, well, it was, that was probably, that was right up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that sort of leads me to furries. There's a big fetish movement around yeah. furries and babies yeah. and diapers. Yeah. And I mean, what's going on with this, Stephen? Like, who wants to watch furries? Have you been a furry? It's a big one. Um, no. No, no. Just You know what's crazy is I don't even like touching fur. Uh-huh. It gets me claustrophobic. So they put me in a <laughs> suit and I would not have fun. Yeah. You know, but they have conventions with these with these guys. It's, it's a big deal. Mm. It's a big deal. But you know what, though? I think the internet, to some, to, for the most part, has, had, has let people come out of their shell has let people come out of their shell. So uh, I think it's uh, I think it's good for that. Mm. You know, there, there's, a, there's an outlet for them to go to, whether they're large people or whatever it might be, and where mm. otherwise they might be closeted, kept in. Mm-hmm. Now they have a network mm. to correspond with. Well, the other thing I'm terrified of where it pertains to my daughter and all the little kids out there is pedophilia. And mm. do you think that porn plays a role in that? Do you think porn is helpful, as in they're getting their fix from porn so they're not going to go out and, you know, ruin children's lives? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Is porn helpful at all, apart from the obvious? I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful the fact that, you know, they, 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 they visually they're going to get their outlet mm-hmm. as opposed to want going outside and getting their outlet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are porn movies that are catered to women looking young. I mean, they're all 18, but they look young. Yeah. That, you know, that would be a trigger. Yeah. But I think for the most part, people get, you know, even people sitting in wheelchairs at home or whatever you want to call it, mm. or just don't get out of the house, they, that's an outlet for them. The internet is an outlet for them. But mm. like I said, I think movies are shot in a certain way format. And it's going to trigger certain people. Mm. I mean, it's going to do it, but only only a specific market of movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think the whole lot. I'm talking about maybe 1%. Mm. You know, I, I do believe in sexual fantasy. I think, mm. especially for women, we need it, right? More than men do, right? It's much mm. more mechanical for men. For women, yeah. it's... It's in our head. You know, we need different stimulation. And I, I do believe that there is a role for storytelling and films. And, you know, that was there was an incredible movie. I think it's called The Green Door that was shot in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that film? Yeah. No, uh, of course. It's famous. It's famous. I mean, for people of our age, 
but it's it's famous. Yeah. 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 And and I think that well, I know that 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 movie is very appealing to women, but most porn is shot for men. Well, that's my impression, yeah. right? I don't know that yeah. for a fact, but that's what I see and hear and right. and. It's not the usual thing generally for girls to log on and watch porn where, you know, it's speedy unless they're into it, unless it's, you know, if if it's, you know, the sort of porn that's out there doesn't really emulate what our fantasy generally is, right? Right, right. So I have two questions for you. One, do you think that there is an opportunity to develop more female-centered fantasy role-playing, like the sort of Fifty Shades of Grey-esque kind of, I mean, that was kind of soft porn, if you will. Yeah. Um, I mean, there must be a big marketplace for that. And what's your experience of that been? Uh, That's my first question. The Fifty Shades of uh, Grey, there was a parody on that. I don't know to what level they took it. Mm -hmm. Um, And as far as, there are female directors that do shoot exactly the content you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of guys that have shot it, but the female directors, and I've, I've actually been in the movies that, that, I'm, that I'm talking about, and um, it's definitely more um, story-driven. It's mm-hmm. more essential. It's not, you know, straight to the action, bump and grind, gonzo stars, they call it. Gonzo style. Huh? Uh, yeah, gonzo is basically straight to, you know, A to Z, and it's right away, bam. You know oh. what I mean? No, no, uh, no uh, pizza guy or anything like uh, that. <laughs> just, no, just let me show you around my house right. and, you know, right, let's right, do a right. deal. But there, but yeah. I, there are there are girls that do like that. Like that's I know plenty of girls that like that stuff straight mm. to the action. Mm. You know, there's there's various apps now that tell erotic stories. And, right. you know, it's again, we were talking about how most porn is developed for a male audience and right. you know what about the female audience and right. a lot of girls do watch porn but they don't want the sort of what did you call it the it's basically called gonzo it's, it's individual scenes and it's just start to finish yeah. and just bump and grind hardcore bump and grind yeah. so to speak yeah, that and does... uh, no no storyline yeah news flash that doesn't do it for women <laughs> just so you know <laughs> so how damaged are the women actresses in general like you know the the stereotype is they've come from a bad home they've been abused as a child they've run away from home they're seeking to make money they've got a drug addiction that's the stereotype what's the reality Uh, i think the reality is the the background from where they're coming from, there has, I mean, I would say there's definitely a high percentage of them being abused sexually. I mean, if you look at statistics out there in, in general, so many women have been, you know, objectified and, and sexually abused and was by family members. And a lot of them come in and the thing is they don't realize is when they're done with their, um, their porn run, it's hard to find any job, especially a man, I mean, pretty much 99% of guys aren't going to accept someone, you know, that has done that. So it makes it even harder for them to kind of like find a relationship and jobs because someone, you know, someone you know or someone you work for will see it. It's mm. going to come up. Mm. So that's why I always warn guys or girls if they ask me, if, you know, if they want to get into the industry, I said, don't do it mm. because someone you know is going to see it. And if you do one scene, two scenes, and that's it, 
that's all they need to do to have it out in the market mm. or have it out in the, you know, in mm-hmm. the internet. Now, do you get recognized when you're walking around? I do. I mean, not so much anymore because I'm the old I'm the old guy. <laughs> but I mean, from my latter work at kink.com, yeah, I do. But for my old, old stuff, unless they're diehard Mark Davis fans, then they get recognized. Mm. But actually, my wife actually recognizes it more than I do because she's standing off to the side of me yeah. and she'll pick, she'll pick up on it. Mm. But, you know, it, it's... It was, I couldn't go anywhere before. I could go grocery stores anywhere and it would be uh, kind of fun. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't mind being the, the civilian on the street now. It's a little embarrassing for somebody to go, I know you. I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, I got some stories about that one. I got, you got a quick, you got a quick one? Yeah, for that? yeah I want a quick a one. Okay. We had, uh, <laughs> we actually had uh, a couple come to our house that were designing uh, an outdoor bench. And uh, they both walked in. No, I never met them. And Carol hadn't either. And uh, and the, the, she's introducing us to them. And the guy goes, oh, I know you. And I'm like, mm, no, we haven't met. He goes, sure we have. And then his wife goes, oh, yeah, we have. And I'm like, and I looked at my wife. And this is like usually the go-to. I went, okay. Um, Do you guys watch porn? They went, <gasps> oh, my God, oh, my God. And then I said, you watch King.com, which is like the BDSM. Yeah. And then they went, oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, I mean, we've, we've, I've, had, I've had a few of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, I briefly want to talk about porn addiction and mm. being desensitized by porn. So we now know, right, that young boys are watching porn. Like I remember back in the day before porn, well, porn's always been around. Like my brother would look at magazines, would look at the VHS, you know. So we know, you know, 30, 40 years ago that it was around and it was being used. So now it is, again, so accessible that young boys and girls are watching porn from a very early age. And in my close circle of friends, some young kids have become addicted and even have had to go to rehab with porn addiction. Mm -hmm. So what do you say about that and what, what to do? Like what to do about that? I mean, I can see the point that I'm then getting addicted to it. I'm probably not even understanding to what level it's, it's go, where it's going mm-hmm. because it's it's a new thing. And uh, it's like, I don't know what I would have done if I found it at that age, really, because I was hunting around for nude magazines yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So I mean, at a very, very young age. So who knows? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a porn addict or a sex addict. I definitely liked it. Mm. But it didn't control my life. It definitely mm. didn't control my life. You, you've had addictions and you recognize addiction, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm definitely wired. I'm, I'm wired that way. Mm-hmm. But my concern is that young boys, my biggest concern is that young boys or young girls watch easily the porn now and learn from that as in either this is what it's supposed to be, right? This is how you make love right? Or have Mm. sex. So, you know, this is the education that they're getting with lack of sex ed at school because sex ed in the U.S. is almost non-existent, right? So they're getting Mm. their education from their friends and from porn. So my concern is easy accessibility and the content that's put out there is the norm, 
right? As in, when I have my first sexual experience with a girl, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choke her. I'm going to ejaculate in her face. Right. I'm going to right. I'm going to pull her hair. I'm going to slap her around. Like that's what I'm going to do. And I mean, do you have the same concerns if you if you if you had a, a daughter or a son? What would you do if you found them watching porn? I, I haven't I haven't had those concerns. The only times I've actually discussed it or thought about it is when I've had discussions with people like yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you were one hundred percent right. I mean, I I do agree with you. I mean, there's no they don't understand that you know that's not the way life is. And the thing is, though, though I I think that the women put up with it because they think that's the way it is, and that that's what the boy wants. Yeah, and let's say ten, twenty years from now, I mean, I'm sure someone's going to do a study to some degree. But I mean, it's it's going to affect them sexually, like just like you said, there's people in rehab for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've actually sat down in a uh, Sex Anonymous uh, meeting, and there was like 20, 30 guys, and a lot of them, a lot of them, it's all porn. And a lot of them were talking about slipping up because they watched porn, you know, the, the other day and this and that. So it's, you know, it's, it's definitely controlling people to the point, and it's so accessible. Mm. I mean, it's literally so accessible now. I'm wondering how the porn industry makes money now because it's all free. Advertisements? I don't know how Pornhub and those big ones. There's only a couple, but a lot of the people now are doing only as only ones, uh, where it's individual porn site uh, or individual site where they can they control it. Mm. And this really like went through the roof during the pandemic. And I heard they're working. They're making like a hundred thousand. I know. I know. I mean, and basically, why do I need to do porn? Yeah. Why? Why? Why do I need to go there with that? It's called a cam girl, right? They set up a Basic, camera, basically, wear lingerie, yeah. and and are yeah. paid to do things on camera. Well, yeah, and they'll have a guy come in, and you know, someone they know that's in the industry, and they'll do an, an individual individual scene. But they own it. No one else does, and they're getting money direct. So it's once you get a taste of that. It's hard to go anywhere else. So it's mm. it's interesting to see where that energy is going to end up. Mm. Mm. Well, but as you say, you know, yes, you can sell yourself to the devil in that way, but that's mm. it for your career. You, you can't. Mm. I mean, I, I do know a lot of girls who they take sugar daddies. Or I don't know a lot. I've seen right. a lot of girls. I actually don't know any sugar uh, girls who do the sugar daddy thing. But I know it's getting very popular. I know there's lots of agencies, lots of sites, like dating sites that you can date for money. But the moment you go online, you're online. That's it. It's recorded forever. And life after porn. Do you have anything to say about that? Also for you, like life after porn, like what do you do? Well, yeah, I mean... That when the day I decided to do movies, I you know I weighed up the consequences. I really did. I weighed the plus and the minuses where Joshing and going, and I ran with it. I knew exactly in the back of my mind, you know, what the consequences were. But I think for women, when they've done scenes and or and they've done movies or whatever, and then they you know then they try to get a regular job in rural society, depending on the job, obviously. But in let's say an office nine to five type job. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to see it, mm. and inevitably, someone's going to see it, and they're going to regret those two or three scenes that they did. And whereas guys, they're almost pat on the back. Oh, you know, you're a stud, or you did, or you know, yeah. I mean, it's the flip side to that is, is really bad. Mm. I mean, it is, and that's just I don't know. I can't. Yeah, it's just it sucks. It really does. It's a shame 
that the guys get a buy on that one and, and the women don't, if you're going to compare the two. Yeah. So you feel like a complete stud and the girls are basically called a slut, right? Me? No, you feel you're a stud. <laughs> you are a stud. Oh, you're still a stud. No, but what I'm saying is there's a male porn star, right? You get yes, like the yeah. high fives from the guys yeah. and you're like, wow. And you're, you know, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and then you're tarnished. As a woman, you're just tarnished for the rest of your life, basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. on top of it, like I said before, finding a partner is really hard for one mm. once they've done movies because, you know, because that guy doesn't want to walk around with someone that's been in movies. Mm. Oh, mom, here's my, here's my new girlfriend. And then mom finds, you know what I mean? It's like that trickle-down effect that's going to really, it's going to, it's damaging them to them, mm. you know. I mean, guys too, to a point, but the women 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, last statement, lasting thoughts. What was the most exciting moment of your career? <laughs> and what And what was the most horrendous? Last statement from Mark Davis. How much time do you have for that? Because my memory, I mean, horrendous? I mean, the only, well, okay, this was horrendous. That I, I worked with a girl that worked with a guy that tested positive. Well, yes, we had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's, that's the, the horrendous. Thing. Okay. Uh, that's the horrendous that's one. That's pretty I mean, horrendous. That doesn't get, yeah. yeah. And, oh, okay, by the way, that happened twice. Oh, okay. Doubly horrendous. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. So STDs, yeah. no bueno, life-threatening, awful, most horrendous. The best moment of your career. When did you say to yourself, Stephen, I've made it. I'm big. That's it. Because you were at one point the most, one of the most famous male porn stars. Yeah. At one point, I was the most requested guy. I mean, Europe, Europe and the US side. I mean, it, that that felt good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that felt, you know what I mean, and to be acknowledged that way. And I guess you know what, getting my Hall of Fame was actually a cool moment. Being in industry, I mean, you have to be in industry ten years, but that's kind of like I'm like I'm not done yet. Why get the Hall of Fame? But uh, that's kind of a recognition thing. And Stephen, would you do all of this again? And if you had your time again, would you do anything differently? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do drugs. I wouldn't drink. Uh, I would have some structure to it. But you know, when it's all said and done, the way it's turned out, you know, it's going to be. It should be a book. <laughs> you need a book because it's quite. It's quite crazy. But the way it's turned out, I mean. I, I wouldn't be here now. Mm. So I, I, you know. And do you regret not having kids? I do, but in my using and drug use for so long, I was not in any state to raise a, mm. raise a child or, or even have a family. It just, it was non-existent. I mean, mm. and that's, you know, that's the price to pay. And if you had have had a child, male or female, would you want them to go into the porn industry? No. And I, I'd be honest with you, on, on that same sense, I, I don't think I would want to raise a child while I'm in the industry. Mm. Mm-hmm. There are people, there are tons of people that do it, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't. So that, therefore, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, having a child wouldn't be an option. Well, Stephen, I'm glad you survived. I'm glad you're healthy. I enjoy you very much. You are literally a sweetheart. And thank you thank for you. sharing your story. Thank you also for highlighting the safety aspects of the industry as well as the bad part of the industry, which is very destructive. 
And uh, just thank you for being on the show and thank you for being you. Thank you for having me. We are partnering up with Vital Voices to get much needed dignity kits to the refugees in Ukraine. Girls and women do not have access to personal hygiene products and those that keep them safe and healthy. Please go to thebodyagency.com to donate a dignity kit and empower our Ukrainian sisters. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Sex, Body and Soul. Remember, you can find all of my favorite products and resources to support your health and sexual wellness through my one-stop shop, The Body Agency. Be sure to sign up for our email list at thebodyagency.com for the latest curated recommendations from our industry experts and use our special promotion code to get a 10% discount, podcast10. Thanks for listening.